0: Hi there, and thanks for listening to Sheemsa Tira's very first podcast series, Sounds Like Folk. My name is Joanne Barry, and I am the Repertory Director with the National Folk Theatre at Sheemsa Tira. My involvement with Shimsa began as a nine-year-old child, and I've been working with the company as a performer, teacher, and all-round folky for the last 15 years. Despite the current restrictions, the creative impulse to swap our stories and engage with our audiences remains. I hope you enjoy this new way of bahan thiochth, or gathering together, allowing a window into Shim Satira, which itself was born from a coming together of like-minded people, a place where ideas and stories are celebrated. Today's guest is Philip McMahon. Philip is a Dublin-based playwright and director and is co-founder and co-director of Cultural Renegades' This Is Pop Baby. He is also currently Artistic Associate at the Lyric Hammersmith Theatre in London. Harry Philip. Hello there. <laughs> nice to talk to you and thanks for being on our new Sheemsa podcast Sounds Like Folk. Um, I suppose people might be wondering and you might be wondering as to why uh, you popped into my head as a guest on uh on this uh, particular podcast but i suppose i remember 10 years ago when we went up to dublin and we danced at work and it was such a great experience because we were like plonked into the middle of this madness uh, we had our our glad rags on we were irish dancing we were singing oscar yeah it was it was a really really um really positive experience for us because oftentimes i think you know and i've said this a lot of times that folk theater might be something for the tourists or something for a person who's into, you know, traditional music or whatever. So it was a really great experience to be plonked into this place and, and just allowed to be part of it and express ourselves. Um, I'm not sure if you, if you remember the the performance or not.
1: <laughs> I do, I do. And just to give some context for anybody listening, mm-hmm. um, work, which is spelled W E R K, um, was, uh, performance art club that uh, we this pop baby uh, ran for a number of years and it kind of sporadically still happens it's just the kind of thing that might happen every four years it is a predominantly a nightclub um, and we began it began life in the bells of the abbey theatre and so we kind of took over the peacock space turned that into a club we would spend you know days and hours on end decorating these things and then we would have just a full-on disco and then in the middle of it this kind of crazy performance would happen, like surprise performance. So it could be like a drag queen doing a lip sync on a bar. It could be you guys, Shem Shatira, like you know, suddenly uh, step dancing in the, yeah. in on the dance floor as the crowd are around you. Right. And so we were kind of interested in uh, this kind of mashup mm. of performance, and um, and I think like you know when you did when I got the invitation to come and chat to you today, I was like brilliant because. Um I think in loads of ways we're kind of doing the same thing like this is pop baby are uh, investigating Irish culture mm-hmm. and kind of unpacking like it f- for ourselves now ours turns out to be like you know you know wigs and sequins and high heels and yeah. glitter and <laughs> you know and dance music yeah but within there we're also kind of um paying reverence to you know to to the traditions that you guys are riffing off as well. Um, hence why it made total sense for us to have you come on at 2 a.m. Yeah. in a nightclub and do what <laughs> you do. And it was just like, it was one of those amazing experiences. You guys had come from Kerry, uh, you know, we had spent days dressing that place and it just felt like so special for anybody that was in the room, you know?
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think you've touched on it there, but it's something that I've been thinking about since I, I wanted to speak to you was this whole urban rural idea you know your your company this is pop baby and 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 other work that you've done is very sort of representative of dublin dublin almost as a character dublin is part of your work whereas we're sort of doing the same thing in a different setting
1: yeah and i think like we kind of do bang on about that and but we become i guess it's like i guess the dublin of it has been important to us yeah. purely because it's where we live right yeah. and there's a sense of um uh both reacting to like the the, the, the city as it changes around us mm. but also for us to kind of put positive energy to be active citizens in the place that we live yeah so we're kind of investigating our culture in the place that we live and then we're presenting it in this kind of fun hopeful way often um because we believe in, I guess we believe in active citizenship, but we also believe in um, imagining the city that you want to live in. Yes. And so and not waiting around for uh, politicians or city councillors to come up with, you know, what is the best city for us to live in. I think it is up to artists to dream about the kind of, um, you know, I guess we talk about uh, utopias, really. Mm -hmm. Um, But that idea of imagining the place that you want to live in and then all of your work kind of feeding into that you know, create that space for yourself and for other people, Uh, but yes, the city, um, I guess just a sense of place, you know, and I I really love when I see other art forms, especially outside of Dublin, not even other art forms, just cross arts that are really talking about a sense of place, because then I'm invited into that place, right, Um, I don't feel excluded, I don't feel, oh well, this is not for me, Um, you know, like all great art, you are getting a window into somebody else's world and I I love that.
0: Yeah, fabulous, and if we could go back sort of to your to your start in the arts and and where it all came and all that dreaming about you know what you were going to do in the arts do you come from an artistic family like is there lots of people involved in the arts in your no family? none none
1: wow. um uh and it, it's just been quite interesting because it was just never on the radar mm. um and then when i was 16 um Myself and a friend. We are from the depths of Dublin working class. We are from, you know, okay. Finglas West. Me and a couple of pals spent a lot of our time, you know, like anybody that lives in suburbia or, or, you know, the depths of rural Ireland. You dream about getting out, right? And you're dreaming about like what else is there out there?
0: Yeah, the bigger. Um,
1: yeah. And so when we were sixteen, we we would take the bus into town, and uh, we went to a place called the. It's hilarious how that you know. This was 1995. It's hilarious how like Ireland has changed in what is that, 25 years? We went this, you know, pre-internet, we went to the Youth Information Centre, which, which was a physical building. Wow. Off O'Connell Street. And uh, we went into, a, there was a woman behind a desk and we said, oh, we're looking for something to do. And she opened the Yellow Pages. She said, what are you interested in? And we said, we don't know what we're interested in. She said, well, there's a youth theatre, you know, a couple of hundred metres up the road. Why don't you just go and knock on the door? Brilliant. And so we went up to Gardner Street to Dublin Youth Theatre. We did knock on the door. And then that was kind of the start of an amazing journey, really.
0: Mm.
1: And so in the youth theatre, for the first time ever, we were meeting people from people our age from all over Dublin. It totally exploded. Everything open for us. Um, So didn't do any formal education. um, Thought I was an actor for a number of years, for about eight years um the industry did not think i was an actor (laughs) um uh and but along the way it was all about i had no formal education but i was very very intrigued about this industry and often you know the things that intrigued you are people are living outside the norms there's not a regular structure Mm -hmm. the socializing is amazing but along that journey um kind of developed a slow but deep appreciation for the, for theatre and for art. Mm. And so, you know, I, out of frustration in 2006, um, I wrote a play called Danny and Chantelle Still Here. Mm-hmm. I guess I felt that the theatre that we were seeing in the main houses wasn't reflecting our lives and our lives were like night clubbing, going out, getting crazy. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I wanted, I was like, why can, why can, you know, why is the theatre not talking about this? And why is our friends not, not engaged in going to the theatre, you know? Yes, yes, So um made this play about two people from the area I was from, uh, who go out on this kind of epic weekend, um, booze and drug-fueled um, mm-hmm. type thing. And then at the end, there's a sense of, um, you know, they will potentially not be friends after this weekend or it kind of a coming of age, they will naturally their lives will drift apart. So capturing a perfect moment in a friendship, perhaps. Um, and I acted in it and I thought, well, this is I finally got a main role. People are going to see me in the main role. And then I am, you know, I'm going to be a huge star. Um, and people loved the play. And so and they didn't mention the acting. Um, (laughs) and so it's just about, you know, I kind of, I took the hint and actually I realized that when I started writing plays
0: Mm.
1: and making things, um, the world opened up to me in a totally different way. Uh, I realized that actually, uh, the things I was looking for in acting totally existed in other parts of making theater. So directing, producing, uh, writing. And then from that, that was the start of This Is Pop Baby 13 years then of, Making shows, festivals, nightclubs, musicals—you uh, know—it's—it's um, it's really been—it's been extraordinary, really, to reflect on it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. One of the shows I did—I didn't uh, get to see get to see Riot. I didn't get a ticket, unfortunately, for Riot. But I did see *Alice in Wonderland*, um, yeah. which, was a, which was great fun. But it had a narrative. It was—it was passionate. It was real. It was just a wonderful sort of. You know, you were just drowned, drowned in lots of different things. It was, it was a really enjoyable experience.
1: Alice in Funderland was, um, it was the game changer for us. It was, a, it was, a, it was a musical. It was um, based on the Alice books. Alice is a, a, a young lady from Cork who uh, goes on her sister's hen party, spirals through the Dublin night, uh, looking for this guy. And then actually has to discover, you know, really learn to stand on her own two feet and not be relying on other people. Um, but it was kind of high camp, queer, um, super Irish in like the things it was talking about. So Alice was just this kind of magic time, and we kind of thought, um, well, we'll do this, and it will happen for three performances, or it will have a stage reading, or whatever. Yeah. And then like, the Abbey got involved, and the Abbey just kind of said, "We want to do it, and Make we want to sense. do it like." big style and here's your first ever proper budget and we'll do it for five weeks on the abbey stage and you can have 20 people on stage um so it was the kind of yeah it was the gig that changed everything
0: yeah pretty pivotal for sure and uh, it it was a musical so is is the majority of your work doesn't have that musical element is it important to you i mean we use music in in almost everything we do have you had music in in most of your work
1: we kind of have like, in a in a lot of the kind of bigger things we have, music and nightclubs and gigs and festivals is such a huge part of our lives yes. and a huge part of our working lives as well as personal lives. Um, so that always um, comes into the work, really. Yeah. Um, so it would be, you know, sometimes we say things it's like, oh, gig theatre or it is a play with songs or yes. it's a musical or for instance with riot um that was a huge variety entertainment show so it naturally had live singing and it had um and music as well um and of course um our two organizations yours and mine we share an associate artist which is Alma Kelleher That's correct That's um, sure.
0: another great Kerry woman
1: <laughs> another great Kerry woman and uh and so Alma has you know we've had a deep collaboration with Alma mm-hmm. for you know Te- over 10 years now yeah. um and so and again Ray Scannell who wrote the music for um Alice in Wonderland, we've had a deep collaboration with him and so all of that just feels natural that never often doesn't feel like a decision if that makes sense yeah like, like it, yeah. and and there are other elements that you know other elements of design for instance we've got a, a, a um our art director Niall Sweeney is very prominent in our room always and so yeah. so there's just a sense of these things are kind of naturally part of the process but yeah music music is a big part of everything we do
0: yeah yeah absolutely and what i love about your description of of the of the work that you make as well is that you know you have different sort of terms for describing different things that you do and that's okay you're able to you're you're able to decide what they are and you know i just uh because oftentimes I hate this idea of, you know, theatre, theatre being put in a box, you know, and it can't be this and it can be this. And I've talked about, you know, us coming from this sort of revered literary world in Ireland where all of these Mm. uh, big plays are so, well, you know, we'll do that and we'll do it in a reverential way. And I just love what This Is Pop Baby does because they almost like not not smash it in in a negative way, but sort of just break the mold for sure.
1: Yeah, and that's always been important to us, and Riot is a good case in point. We made Riot um, during the 2016 centenary year, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and so it was that sense of, um, and it was, you know, with Riot, which was a, you know, 11, 12 people variety show with this kind of loose narrative running through, which was about... um, Community, active citizenship, about us coming together to kind of uh, create our own futures. Um, we were totally riffing off Irish culture through mm. all of that. We had an all-Irish cast. We asked ourselves, "What would this is Pop Baby's River Dance look like?" Wow. Um, <laughs> and then, so it was. It was that sense of, you know, I guess during that centenary year, it felt very hot and yes. future-looking in a way that not everything that reflects on our culture needs to be a museum piece, or, or you know, and or needs to be um, wholly reverential, even though I love that element too.
0: Same, yeah, yeah, absolutely.
1: But, but I think there's a, you know, I love a healthy mix of both. Mm-hmm. If we didn't have one, we wouldn't have the other, you know yeah. what I mean? If We, we wouldn't yeah. have something to kind of, to riff off and, and also uh, push against when we need to.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You talked about um, this idea of community and collective, and I think at the moment, because we're all stuck at home. Uh, it's something that I really miss being in a room sort of bouncing ideas off people and being creative. it's not something that I would normally do on my own and I think you know this this community idea is so so important in theater whether that be in a rural setting or an urban setting that you feel like you belong to a tribe of people who are making work that's relevant. What's it been like uh, making work in a in a in isolation almost
1: the term that I've been using is psychic roller coaster. Mm. I think it has been a lot of things and some of those things have been very positive because the way we kind of structure art and productivity in this country Mm. and the Western world is means that you never, ever get to stop the hamster wheel.
0: Yeah.
1: And so that that's been um, that's been really healthy in loads of ways. And then of course, you know, the flip of that is, not being in front of an audience, not like having that engagement, has been hell, yeah. really, yeah. and 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 then you know only seeing uh, artists, friends, collaborators on Zoom has been totally exhausting, um, and so 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 a total mixed bag. But I think the forced stop mm. offers an opportunity. It's felt like you know so many systems in our society but also in our industry are Mm -hmm. broken Mm -hmm. so you know what kind of city country town village what do we go what do we want to go back to you know or like or what do we want to look forward to um so i think you know i i think my instinct is that there is a great um period of art creativity community togetherness ahead of us
0: yeah i
1: think that we might you know i We are all going through, you know, varying degrees of hell. You know, um, many of us, including myself, have had COVID deaths within the family. You know, it has been, you know, a living hell really. But um, I think that there are exceptional times ahead of us. Um, And I I think that that is going to be very special. I think people also um, have craved art and creativity and culture in a way that they never have before. I think people understand like the thing that is so intangible that we can never when we have to justify why art happens. I think people get it now.
0: I agree. Yes.
1: Um and I think that that's um I think there's a lot of pluses there. Um so yeah, feeling very optimistic about the future.
0: Yeah, there's a great page on your on your website uh this is pop baby where you ask different people to sort of uh talk about 2021 and their hopes for 2021 and there's some amazing offerings there in terms of what people are looking forward to
1: yeah it it, it was a really nice it just it was kind of like um i reached out to 15 or 16 uh, artists associated with the company around christmas time and just said you know would love to hear a couple of lines on your hopes for 2021 but actually what you get is this gorgeous kind of um tapestry yeah. of uh really kind of beautiful reflections and hopes and i think that artists can you know I think we big ourselves up a lot, but I think artists can offer kind of a a, a much needed lofty hopes for the future um, beyond, I hope I get a vaccine and I hope everyone as well, you know, which is also true.
0: I wanted to talk a little bit about your play, Come On Home as well, which was sort of more uh, traditional, but not.
1: Yeah. Um, Come On Home, happened in at the abbey in the peacock theater in 2018 god time is just what what is time what is time <laughs> remembering years I know. um and it was a play that i had worked on for a number of years actually um and and it is traditional in its form mm. uh, we would all recognize the form of the play it is a living room family rural drama there's a coffin laid out on stage mammy is in the coffin um and it's a it's a scene that we would all know uh very well Mm -hmm. um within that there is um this kind of a a subject matter that i've been intrigued with and have kind of worked through a lot Mm -hmm. which is gay men in the seminary particularly around the 1990s or more to the point gay men that were spat out of the seminary didn't make it to ordination Mm -hmm. Uh, and um and have had uh, several friends who kind of went through that process. And it be a very, um, it was a, like, I guess they a lot of people, a lot of my friends, so rather than kind of generalize, mm-hmm. went into the seminary for various reasons. Some believed they had a vocation. Uh, some believed it would be, these are all gay men, by the way, it's worth mm-hmm. noting. Um, some believed it would be their ticket out of a small town that mm-hmm. they felt totally trapped in. Um, some believed, you know, getting two degrees for free would be fantastic. And um, and so there were various reasons. And of course, they were they were often spat out for different reasons or left, and some of those reasons were very often that they were gay. So there's so I guess it's a traditional form where the themes are weird is, is, you know, the term we would use. Yeah. Um, but I guess it's just working through uh, a kind of an old form and talking about really, really current issues in Ireland. And um, uh, so some of the things that is like gays in the seminary, uh, sexual abuse in the church, um, small town Ireland uh, being closed down due to perceived progress, i.e. the Tesco being put out on the main road and then small villages closing down in the play they own a barbershop which is you know totally dead because of um because of this kind of uh progress going on up the road um and then young people being forced to emigrate as well um there's a sense of if they don't leave this small town uh that they will you know essentially die here but like that they will also not work Mm -hmm. um so it was a hugely rewarding experience i worked with a director called rachel Um, mm-hmm. who uh, we just, we hadn't met before. And mm-hmm. we just kind of had this instant connection and she totally got all of the things that the play was talking about. And so it, beautiful actors, wonderful production, great sets. And uh, yeah, it was kind of magic actually. Yeah. Uh, and, and a hard watch for some people, but it is important to talk about it.
0: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. You talked there about um, Rachel Reardon and, and sort of collaborating with her for the first time. How do you how do you find outside of the people that you work with all the time? How do you find those uh, those people, or how do you do you? What kind of theatre do you like to go and see?
1: When I was younger, I wanted like high octane, high octane, hard and fast theatre. I wanted it in your face, mm-hmm. flashing lights. And these days I can appreciate a lot of different kinds of shows. Um, I love a big money show. Hmm. Like, I just love, uh, you know, when the set flies out and another set flies in. There's something about the magic of, you know, you're reminding of being a kid and that just being like the most insane thing.
0: Yeah.
1: So I love a big money show. Uh, I love a musical, although I tend to be a bit, I can be very, you know, snobby about musicals. You know,
0: I love musicals.
1: Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> so it, it's the ones that grab me kind of open up my solar plexus in a way that plays probably can't yeah, yeah. um and uh and and so yeah so so a variety of things really but in terms of um uh in ter- oh it's also you know it's it's also worth noting to you know anyone listening who's probably going oh god i've only seen terrible things in the theater you know I know. It it is you do have to kind of um not everything is great, you know. When the great things are great, it can be it can alter your perspective on things. Um and when the bad ones are bad, you know, you want your life to leave you you know, quickly. Yeah. <laughs> um but yeah. in cho- in terms of choosing collaborators, often if you're working, you know, if I work for the Abbey say, mm-hmm they will have an idea of who they want to work with Mm. or who they think will be a good coupling. So it's not always, um, it is always your choice about the fight, but in terms of the lists or whatever. Yeah. uh, Rachel was just like one of like, Rachel and I clicked instantly. We became great friends immediately. Mm -hmm. Uh, So much respect for each other in the work we were doing. Um, And that that's not that rare that that happens. You know, people are, you know, if everybody is vibing on the project um, and in terms of pop baby then in terms of collaborators we tend to have relationships tend to develop slowly and then happen a lot over a number of years mm-hmm. um, and it will just be you know we will hire somebody in a hurry for a gig and sudden they're amazing and we kind of co opt them and and something we do in this pop baby is we try to create opportunities and platforms for other artists Anyway, so if there's somebody that we love, we will kind of really try to help them along, elevate them, amplify their message, whatever that is, you know?
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, Yeah, I mean, what you've done sort of over the last 15 years has been, has revolutionised Irish theatre and it has changed it and it has brought us to different places. And, you know, I think, do you ever feel the weight of that sort of... um, The weight of what you've done or that you're sort of that you're a gatekeeper or a trailblazer and that responsibility to keep going and keep keep pushing and keep you know rattling the gates as it were
1: i think like you know i'm thrilled that you've said we revolutionized irish theater but i i I, you know i think really that's kind of you know I think within the industry, we might kind of, you know, we'd accept that from being said from each other, but nobody outside, like the audience, or nobody outside the theatre, really thinks that, right? Mm-hmm. It would be, would be my, you know, if it, it. There has been a press quote like that, and we use it till the cows come home because it's brilliant. <laughs> um, but really, what we have done is we've we've kind of been authentic to ourselves, to our own lives, yeah, um, and that has been, um, I guess, that has been refreshing. But our lives also, you know, a lot of our cues were taken from drag shows in the dingy corners of gay bars, you know? Yeah, yeah. And so that was the kind of unique perspective. But I, you know, as I always say to kind of younger makers or uh, students or anything like that, that are kind of like starting out, you've got to have a point of view. Mm. And if that point of view is, oh, I'm inspired by the sticky glitter on the boozy floor of a nightclub, great, go for it. See it through, you know, because put like choosing an American play and putting it on ain't going to cut it, you know, um, unless you've got kind of a massive point of view on all of that. Um, And so I don't think we feel the weight of any of that. I think to reflect on it now, and it's nearly been. I guess next year would be 15 years. Time flies. Um, The fear is not um, the weight of that. The fear is becoming an institution. The fear is becoming the things that we were pushing against yes. at the start. Yeah. The yeah. fear is like making the work that people want to make the opposite of to show that they're young and exciting, you know?
0: I know, I know. Um, that's, and so, a really, that's a really, um, uh, you know, interesting point to me, I suppose, because I grew up in what you would call an institution, you know, a theatre institution, and I think... I've worked sort of a lot of my young life and I'm that little bit older now and and a lot of the core company are that bit older and there's other things we want to say within that folk idiom you know and sometimes there's there's a resistance to that and I definitely feel the weight of sort of having to hand on I mean I'm not gonna be dancing forever let's face it and a hand on hand on what what I've learned or what I know and this idea that you talked about well this point of view they're all so important and I think they all need to be especially within our work they need to be recognized you know for what they are because it it, it is people's you know people are making the work it has to reflect their point of view and their opinion and their and their experiences
1: yeah see you do have a weight of responsibility.
0: Yeah.
1: You you have a you have a, a very beautiful baton mm. to pass to pass on, you know? Indeed. And it's amazing and it's beautiful. Um and um so so that's kind of a that's a different slant. And maybe we do too. Maybe, you know, we can't, you know, it's funny to arrive at 40 and and people be calling you like the kind of spokespeople for youth culture. <laughs> because the truth of the matter is we don't know what 22 year olds are vibing on unless we co-op 22 year olds and commission them to write plays, which we are doing and have done, you know, yeah. so it is important to, you know, uh, to, to reflect, I guess, all of the, all of the voices. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the, 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 the desperate fear is that yeah. people start to look at us, well, you know, if people start to look at us as, as the gatekeepers and in, you know, in, in, in our world, gatekeepers is a bit of a, um, rather than that, kind of be the torchbearer. Gatekeeper is a bit of a, um, a, a a dirty term. Okay. Because you because you can't get through the gate. Yes, yes. Rather rather than like just being welcomed at the gate. Sure. Uh, sure. So yeah, we, no interest in being the gatekeepers. I think we're best, you know. Um, panty has got this great line about when um, when they ask her will she go into politics, she said she's she's better on the sidelines throwing rocks yes <laughs> and uh, and i think in kind of in the theater we're probably better on the sidelines throwing rocks as well
0: yeah yeah lovely um just to go back to riot for a second and talk about uh when you took riot outside of ireland and when you toured what was that like
1: it was one of the best experiences of our careers you know there mm-hmm. was a the show had really flown here people had, people had taken it to heart Um, It meant a lot to people, which was a surprise to us. Not that we didn't set out for that to happen, Mm -hmm. but just, um, I guess we played, you know, we played uh, 11 shows at the Spiegel tent in Dublin, 600 people a night, and people were moved. They were jumping up in the middle of the show and dancing on their chairs. They were having all sorts of reactions. Um, And so we kind of, we were really, I don't know, we were buzzed up on that energy. And then out of the blue, we got an invitation to headline the Spiegel Tent at Sydney Festival. Um, And that was just extraordinary. I think we played 22 shows there. Um, Sydney in January, you know, 21 of us on the road, all living in these kind of posh um, service departments in the city. Many of the cast had never been to Australia before. Uh, It was hot. We were at the beach by day. We were doing our show by evening. The audience was fantastic yeah so it was just that kind of like it, w- it was living the dream and it was really interesting though because we went the show played in sydney and in melbourne mm-hmm. and we flew from melbourne to new york um to play three nights we had played a long engagement in melbourne as well but it was just three nights at a place called skirball um uh, art center in new york mm-hmm. and that's kind of like a 900 seat uh, concert hall oh. and you kind of think well look what kind of business can a show do in three nights? Gosh. Because you know, word of mouth is everything, especially in New York.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: And so we had a we had front loaded all of our kind of um, I guess our marketing and you tried to get everybody in on the first night. And we got a New York Times review, a very good New York Times review, um that night, maybe that night or first thing in the morning, and then the whole thing just went bananas. Yeah. yeah. And there were celebrities turning up to see it, and there was like it was just really it was amazing because unlike any other territory when we also went to uh uh, toronto and of course dublin um new york there's that sense of magic in the air hot ticket so we had that kind of full-on new york success story in essentially two nights
0: yeah wow and it
1: also just shows like the power of a a new york times review um but it was a you know i talked about psychic roller coasters that was a that was an emotional roller coaster. Of course, you've got 21 people on the road. There are injuries along the way. There is, you know, uh, all sorts of things to kind of uh, think about. But yeah, it, it really, I guess, if Alice kind of elevated us
0: mm.
1: to kind of the company we are now, um, Riot on tour really brought us into another space of working together about like our ambitions <clears throat> and having a sense of what's possible. Yes yeah um and so so yeah it was it was extraordinary
0: brilliant and what's in the pipelines for the year ahead i mean we don't even know what the year ahead holds for us in terms of how we can work or when we'll be allowed to to collaborate or see people or but yeah
1: yeah it's uh so we we have we've got a number of things that are kind of in the pipeline Mm -hmm. um including one work in progress of a new piece that we're hoping to do in May this year. Okay. And originally we were hoping to do that in front of an audience. Will that happen now? We don't know. Yeah. Um, and then we have we're working on a follow-up show to Riot. Oh, fantastic. A big entertainment piece.
0: Great.
1: Um, again, totally riffing on the Irish cultural toolbox. Um, all Irish cast and um, this kind of big variety moment. You know, we imagine that we've come out of a pandemic, you suddenly get 600 people in a room. What's that energy going to be like? That's fun. <laughs> yeah. And so we're we're part of that is So we'll workshop that this year. And part of it is that we're looking to reach out to, we'll be doing a kind of a national call out. We're looking to hear from interesting, quirky, weird performers all over the country, you know, right. if there's an amazing... Hula Hooper in Tralee, we want to hear about them or if somebody plays the spoons on their head in, you know, uh, Donegal, we want to hear from them as well. Uh, So we'll be be working on that. And so we'll be bringing new players into the room um, and and having a bit of fun there. And then we are producing a new play by Marco Halloran uh, this year called Conversations After Sex. Um, And so the hope is that we get to do that in front of an audience. I know there's been some successful kind of pivots to online in the last while, um, and so perhaps that's something we need to think about. So yeah, it's, we do have a program of work that we're, right. but like yourselves, it's probably the A, B, and C version.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. We're we're planning a, a an outdoor uh, performance on in June to commemorate Midsummer. You know. But like that we're we're applying for funding and it's like this version this version the a b and c as you said that so look we'll wait and see and see what the see what the year brings philip thanks so much for your time it was so lovely to chat and uh see your face over zoom and uh hopefully we'll we'll uh see each other in the future and best of luck with all the work for 2021
1: same to you keep up the good work thanks a million thanks joe
0: I'd like to finish today by sharing a quote with you from This Is Pop Baby's website page 2021 A Year of Infinite Hope Crinagha The Irish word for gatherings and also for meetings Working remotely has been tough Existing remotely has been tougher My hope for 2021 is for many Crinagha Sitting around a table with colleagues bouncing ideas off each other Moving around a dance floor with friends bouncing energy off each other. Striding through festival fields to bask in the joy of experiencing live performance together. Being deep in a hot crowd in a dark sweaty space united in beats. Creating together deep in the collective arms of my tribe. Exchanging energy, thoughts, hopes, dreams, love and hugs. Bring it on from Deirdre Malloy, actor, director, producer. Thanks for listening to our podcast, which was edited by Tom Hannafin. You will find further information on Philip's work on social media platforms and at www.thisispockbaby.com. Head over to our website, www.shimsatira.com for information, news, and upcoming work. You will also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Until next time, bye-bye.